Before we start this episode, we wanted to invite you to join us for a free seminar and luncheon on Tuesday, July 26th, starting at 11 a.m. We're hosting Dr. Mark Ward, author of several books, including Authorized, The Use and Misuse of the King James Bible. Dr. Ward will be presenting on the topic of confessional bibliology, a growing movement of reformed KJV onlyists. Dr. Ward will discuss the conflicting answers given by those in the confessing bibliology movement about which Texas Receptus should be the one recognized by the believing church, and will offer suggestions on how to pastor those who've been influenced by the KJV-only movement. You can register for this free seminar at the link provided in the show notes. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Theologically Driven, a podcast for those who want to know God through His Word and have that knowledge drive their decisions. This podcast is brought to you by Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary, a seminary devoted to exalting God by expounding His Word. You can learn more at dbts.edu. I'm Ben Edwards, Dean of Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary, and in this episode, we'll be discussing caring for members who are experiencing or have experienced loss. My guest this week is Tori Jaspers. Tori most recently served as the lead pastor at Faith Point Church in Longmont, Colorado. He's been in ministry for nearly 30 years, pastored in Arizona, California, and Colorado, and he's about to join the staff of Christ Church in Gilbert, Arizona, as the Director of Discipleship. Tori, thank you for joining us today. It's good to be here. Thanks. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to have you to, to come on to, to talk about this issue is you just gave a workshop mm. at our, our recent E3 conference, and I thought it was just really excellent. And, and part of the reason it's so valuable is because God has providentially allowed you to get a better understanding of the reality of experiencing loss through what has occurred in your life. So would you just be willing to, to briefly uh, share that? Yeah. Um, so in September, uh, September 1, 2020, after 30 years of marriage, the Lord um, took my uh, late wife, Jolene, home to be with him through a tragic traffic accident. And, um, and it was in that moment that I really experienced a watershed, uh, continental divide in my life and, and in ministry. And um, so that, that's been a major, uh, major time for me to evaluate how I do ministry and uh, to compare how I did pastoral ministry uh, in loss before that and what I've learned now that I'm on this side of loss. Yeah, yeah. And in your, in your workshop, um, you, you mentioned the importance of ministering grace and comfort mm. only after you have first experienced it. Mm. Why do you think that's so important? Yeah, just, you know, from 2 Corinthians 1, he talks about that the comfort we provide is from the comfort that we have received mm. and how important it is for us in any type of loss or struggle um, that we're going through that we are learning to lean into and rely upon the grace that God provides in those moments. And as we're, as we're learning to rely upon him in any difficulty, uh, we are learning how to shepherd other people to the Lord hmm. so that they can experience the same comfort, as Paul says, that we have received. And so we never want to waste any of our difficulties, even if they may not be to the loss of a, of a spouse, we want to be careful that we are learning to um, rely upon the Lord. And in so doing, we're able to help other people uh, to learn how to rely upon the Lord. Yeah. So, so you're not saying you need to have experienced the same type of loss or the mm -hmm. same kind of loss, mm -hmm. but, but just recognizing we have experienced 
heartache, we've experienced issues, and God has comforted us. Mm -hmm. But certainly you also want to be careful when coming to someone and be like, I know exactly what yeah. you're going through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there in 2 Corinthians 1, he, he is the God of all comfort. So he's got the comfort for every circumstance. And he tells us so that we may be able to comfort them in every affliction. Mm -hmm. So we have the means to comfort in every affliction, not because of what we bring to the table, but because we are avenues, we are shepherds, we are guides to the one who is all comfort. Mm -hmm. We're not the all comfort. He's the all comfort. We're just learning how to lead people to the all comfort, which is uh, what God has provided for us through Jesus Christ and applied through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Now, in light of the experience you had, I know you kind of tried to think through things that you discovered mm -hmm. of the realities and experiences that, that people who are suffering loss feel and know. And, and you mentioned several. Mm -hmm. uh, would there maybe be a few that you think, these are really important. If you want to, to care for those, if you want to minister to those who are suffering loss, make sure you're aware these are the kinds of things they might be dealing with. Yeah. Um, one is they, they are probably experiencing great disorientation. And uh, that's that's mental, that's emotional, that's a relational. Great uh, disorientation is going on in their life, and they are trying to seek to navigate. I often described it early on that it was like I was in a boat that became untied from a dock in a river with a fast current, and I could hear a waterfall downstream. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't know how to, didn't feel like I had the tools um, immediately available to navigate that. And I was looking to find orientation. And so be aware, they're trying to orient uh, an identity. They're trying to orient now, who am I now without a spouse or without a child or without a parent or without this friend? How, how do I, how do I um, navigate this? They're, they're, they're dealing with uh, changes in relationships. So there's a lot of disorientation that is going on. Mm -hmm. People that maybe were close before now are struggling with being close in the same way. And, and um, so there's a lot of disorientation. Yeah. Um, another one would be loneliness. There, that's just an obvious one. Um, and one of the mistakes that is often made is that, well, they just need to be around people. And that's not really the case. What they're really needing in that loneliness is they're needing to be understood and to have what they're experiencing be affirmed. Not affirming sin, of course, but affirming they're dealing with realities that there are times you just sit there and you go, is this real? Did she really pass? Is, is this really my new, uh, new chapter of life? And they're navigating such massive things. They they need affirmation of and and to be understood. Oh, I I've listened, I've listened um, carefully. I understand what you're saying. I maybe don't understand what you're going through, but I hear what you're saying. That sounds very important. Um, just to affirm them, I and mean, that helps them. Okay, I'm not going nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, this this is a real thing, and that's that's a huge help. Yeah, yeah. and I, I thought it was very. Very interesting the way you you discussed it in the workshop. You talked about not just being around people, but wanting to be known to, mm -hmm. to have, especially when it's your spouse, right? Yeah. This is a person that they know you better than anyone else in the world, and in the same, similar to a parent or a child. Mm -hmm. That that's a that's a relationship that's not like yeah. any other. 
Yeah. And I don't want to, to jump ahead too much, but but just thinking about how scripture talks about, you know, when your mother and father forsake you, the Lord takes you up and, and no one knows you and understands you more than he does. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to glibly come along and just flippantly say those kinds of things. But, but how, you know, is there ways to maybe helpfully point people to this reality, there is still someone who knows you. There is still someone who uh, who understands you. Exactly. No, that is exactly right. So yeah, you're 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 going from having enjoyed uh, my my late wife Jolene knew me like nobody else, mm-hmm. and uh, and now there's nobody on planet Earth that knew me that way, and so that's part of what I think Paul is talking about there in Second Corinthians one is now learning how to run to the Lord to be. To, to find that exact same thing that I was finding uh, through through Jolene. And so when when you are dealing with somebody in loss, you're not fixing them. Mm-hmm. There's no fix. You're not solving a problem, but you can help guide them uh, toward patterns of dependence upon the Lord and finding the Lord to be their satisfaction in this incredible time. And, and they're going to do it messily. They're not going to be perfect Christians in that. It's it's a messy process of running to the Lord. Sometimes, you know, they they run to the Lord in a wonderful way, and other times they struggle with believing or or being angry or many things that they have to deal with. And so, in specifically, the topic of my workshop was pastoral nurturing. So you're you're dealing with them on their high days and their low days of trusting the Lord. You just keep guiding them back. To that, uh, to to that dependence upon the Lord, um, on the high days and the low days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other, uh, another reality that you mentioned is the just the fact that loss can be a full time responsibility. Is the way you <laughs> phrased it, and yeah. and I think when you go through it or you have someone close to you go through it, you begin to see just the, the realities of dealing with bank accounts yeah. and and there's just so many details. Yeah. That need to get taken care of and and pastors sometimes can think about the immediate details of you're dealing with the funeral and you're dealing with you know burial graveside and that kind of is there but then after that there's just ongoing yeah, yeah. details yeah and and just making sure you think about that and and recognize that to, to be a help to them was there anything you'd add yeah and and, and it's a knife edge uh tight it's a knife edge walk that a pastor is walking because on the one side you can fall on the side of giving them so much room that they don't get the help they need or on the other side you're taking over areas that that you shouldn't so um you know I, I, an illustration is um i, I know of a situation where a, a lady lost uh, her husband and so the church just went in and uh, while she was out of the house one day and took all of his belongings and boxed them up and gave them away to to the ark store, the Goodwill. And um, they were trying to help so that she didn't have to go through that process of packing up his belongings. They overstepped though, Mm -hmm. because she then wasn't able to navigate a season of grief that she needed to go through those belongings. Mm -hmm. So that's falling on one side. But the other side is the whole, hey, just call me if you have it, if you need anything. Mm -hmm. And they don't know, they don't know what they, what they don't know. And so you do need to just ask questions of, you know, try to anticipate what they need and then say, hey, it seems like you might need this. Is there a way I could help in this way? Bring a suggestion, bring a solution, bring an offer, but then get, let them be in the in the control seat of, yeah, no, that's great. Or, you know what, let's not do that right now. Yeah. Um, but 
proactively bring solutions. Their mind is going to be so confused, they're probably not thinking of a lot of those details yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of the things, you know, you mentioned understanding, here's these realities, here are these pressures they're facing. And so here's some ways that we might mm -hmm. try to help, but actually not help. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, one of those is we were getting at there of, of jumping in without mm -hmm. necessarily confirming they're okay with it. Are mm -hmm. there some other things that you'd say, you know what, this is the kind of thing that I think we very easily think, oh, this is going to be helpful, but it may not be. Yeah. Um, I think speaking specifically of pastors, I think one of the things is because we are communicators by calling, we can in times of loss communicate too much. Hmm. And the reality is that certainly we need to communicate truth in love, but there are times where the best thing a pastor can do is to ask some leading questions and then just be silent for long periods of time hmm. and be comfortable with the silence. Don't be insecure with the silence. That person doesn't even know you're there probably. Their mind is in a, in a whole nother world as they're processing grief, but to have another human being there that's just okay with being there. And then pretty soon the words will start coming and to just listen quietly and allow them to just talk. And it may, it may be a little bit incoherent at first. And that's because they're still trying to piece it all together. It's crazy in their own head what they're going through. And so to just let them uh, verbalize that, it's great for the pastor because he's hearing them and he's finding out where they are. He's finding out where their concerns are, where their, where their confusion is, where their maybe uh, areas of doubt are. And so that listening is probably going to be way more valuable than the talking. So probably some of the best speaking that can happen early on would be um, asking of questions. And then, of course, just sharing of simple scripture and affirming, uh, particularly through prayer that, yeah. you know, we do love you. We are with you long term. Uh, and um and like that, but but listening, talking too much, I think that's that's a big problem. I know that I've definitely fallen on that side in early pastoral ministry. Hopefully, I'm learning through this yeah. to not do that. I think another huge mistake that pastors make is trying to view themselves as the primary caregiver. Mm -hmm. The reality is that person may connect with somebody totally different than their pastor. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, the pastor's job is not, you know, they, they are probably first boots on the ground at the ER or the hos hospital or the, or the house. But, um, you know, after those first few touches, their job really is to lead the church to bring the care that the body can provide. They don't need to personally do that. And to find joy and affirmation when they see this person in loss being ministered to by people in the church, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So, good. Yeah. So, so you, you kind of have begun a little bit to, to say, don't do this, maybe yeah. start to do this. What are some other things you'd say, hey, you know what, this is this is a really good thing to be trying to do. This is really helpful, kind of the best practices way you framed it. What would be some good and helpful things to do? Um, yeah, I, building off of what I was talking about earlier of listening, um, listen to understand. Hmm. Um, just seek to, I, I word it to respect their personhood. They're, they're a human being who is experiencing incredible things. Try to get inside their mind and heart and feel what they're feeling, see what they're facing, 
and to be in that journey with them. And so uh, listen, as uh, Deepak Raju was talking about yesterday, uh, with, with sympathy and to really seek to understand what they're going through and then to affirm it, um, to, to affirm pain, to mm. affirm confusion. Again, this is a person who is just trying to make sense of a new reality. And so for, for a pastor to be like, I bet that really hurts. Mm. For them, they're like, okay, yeah, that pain is real. Yeah. Uh, or I bet that's confusing. Or, um, you know, to affirm those things that are hard. Another great thing is to cheer them on. Boy, you, you've real. I just, you've navigated that really well to cheer on anything that they're doing well, um, because they probably don't feel like they're doing anything right. Mm -hmm. Their world has come apart and uh, they probably don't feel like they're navigating anything well. So to really cheer them on is, so that, that, that would be something that's really important. Another one, um, this is kind of common, mistake. And that is why well, I didn't want to talk about the loved one because I didn't want to bring it up and cause them to grieve more. Well, the reality is a person going through loss, they're thinking about their loved one all the time. Yeah. And one of the hardest things is how all of a sudden a person who is such a vibrant part of your life, now it goes silent. And it's like, nobody wants to talk about them, talk about them appropriately, talk about them positively, but that's a great time to bring up wonderful memories yeah. or or God-honoring attributes, or or fun experiences, or ways that they bless them. Uh, I this is just common with everybody in loss. Talk about the person that experienced loss. Uh, that's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I think that was one of the ones when you yeah. you were mentioning that yesterday. It really stood out. And I think you know someone in the session was talking about when they lost a, yeah. uh, their father. Yeah. One of the the most helpful things with someone saying, I didn't know him really well, could you tell me about him? Yeah. And I think that's, especially maybe you're a new pastor, you don't, you know, this is a new family, or, or you know, they lost a relative, and you didn't know their relative, you know them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're going to the funeral home, you're going to their home, you're going to visitation, and, yeah. and you're, what can I say? And I think that's just, that's a helpful thing. Yeah. You know, certainly say, you know, I'm so sorry, we're yeah. praying for you. What, you know, what was he like? What yeah, was she like? Exactly. And that's just, a, that was a really helpful tool, I think, to add to your, your pastoral care toolkit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Are there other some things that, that maybe you'd say this would be a really helpful, beneficial thing to, to minister and care to those who are hurting? Um, yeah, give them a safe place to grieve and be messy. Hmm. Let, let them... Uh, it'd be different with different types of loss, but with a spouse in particular, it may be that they no longer have a place where they're with people uh, rather than alone, but to be with people and not have to be put together, but to be with people where they can just be a mess. And I shared yesterday uh, the story of some families in, in the church in Longmont that just the church there did an amazing job. And, uh, and there were people there that just allowed me to, to grieve openly, honestly, messily, and they weren't afraid of it. And they understood that that's a reality. And that's actually a part of the healing process mm -hmm. is to have those, those moments where you're just experiencing the loss mm -hmm. fully. And, um, and don't fix that. Don't try to solve that. Oh, Tori's crying or the person that has loss is crying. Well, let's see if I can get him to stop crying. No, it's an okay thing to let them just fully vent that anguish, that sorrow. And 
but then to be there and be present, give a hug, offer a cup of coffee, yeah. and uh, and then talk about their week. And I think that's that's a huge one um, is to just give them a safe place to grieve and be and be messy. Yeah, um, and like you're you were mentioning, uh, you know, affirming, and you know, I think sometimes as Christians, we almost think, well, I mean, you're a believer. Why are you so sad? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, Scripture doesn't say we don't sorrow. It says we do sorrow. Right, exactly. We we, we just sorrow as those who have hope. Yeah. We don't sorrow as those who have no hope, but we still sorrow. We still grieve. And 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 that's right yeah. that we should do those kinds of things. And and so affirming affirming yeah. those things for them, which, which does then lead a little bit to a, a trickier situation mm. when you – are trying to minister to someone who doesn't have that hope. Mm-hmm. Either they don't have that hope or or their loved one mm-hmm. doesn't have that hope. Yeah. What are some things you might say to to encourage helping to minister to people in those situations? Yeah, I think we're to always, as, Paul te- or as Peter tells us, we're to always be ready uh, to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And uh, so we're always ready to talk about the hope that we have. and But we never want to offer hope apart from Jesus Christ. We don't want to become a universalist uh, just because we're in a difficult time. And so never offer hope to a, a person uh, that never did trust Christ. We should never do that. But I think what we can do is we can talk about the hope in a generic way. And so when I've when I've dealt with uh, people who have lost unsaved loved ones, I'm never going to say, "Well, they're going to end up in heaven," because that I don't have the biblical authority for that. But what I can do is I can talk about the realities of heaven. I can talk about the realities of Jesus Christ and what He has provided. I can talk about where hope is and um, talk about my hope. I can I can uh, share those kind of uh, biblical realities. But it is a very difficult situation. And of course, uh, you know, I've had the obvious question that comes up from a logical mind. Well, what about my dad? Mm-hmm. What about my loved one? I don't know that they ever trusted Jesus. Or we offered a situation just was dealing with about a month ago. We offered them gospel resources and they rejected them. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just a situation where I, I just talked. Honestly, that's very that's very heavy. That's very hard. Yeah. And in that situation, we would we would say they don't have the hope of Jesus Christ. So we we've got to be honest and loving and tender. Um, but uh, uh, it is a joyful thing when we can talk about yeah. the hope that we do have. Yeah, so. and it is it's such a stark contrast. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah. Um, thank you very much mm, for for sharing. Thank you this with us. And, and I, I'm sure this was a benefit to you. And if this is something that uh, you think would be helpful, maybe to, to someone you know who is, is working through uh, experiencing loss or or trying to help someone else, I encourage you to, to share this with them. Certainly thank you for listening to Theologically Driven. Uh, you can find out more about our podcast at Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary uh, at dbts.edu. And we look forward to our next time together. Until then, keep seeking the Lord.